0: So we um, we are in well, Genesis chapter 3. Oh, there's, room there's room in here. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're just getting started. Come on in. We like it when you disturb
1: us, anyway. That's
0: right. I, I disturb you, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> disturbing <laughs> is what he's saying. In so many ways to be. That was anyway. definitely disturbing. Yeah. Come here, too. off work. Come here. It's nice. <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, in Genesis, we've been um, discussing the. We started with days of creation. We walked through all of that. Um, we're learning some of that. Last week we began with um, God's passing out the punishments, all right? The consequences of um, sinning, not following the will of God. And there's the better half. <laughs> um, so can it, can you guys tell me, remind me what the uh, consequence was <clears throat> for the serpent itself? He lost his
1: legs, and he had a call in his belly, and he turned all his
0: the rest of I guess, until he gets put into the lake of fire until, until it's all said and done with <laughs> right. um all right then we got then we spoke there in verse 15 we, we talked about satan um the one that took over the snake can you guys tell me what the two consequences was for that one one starts with enmity Well, both start with enmity, but enmity between thee and the woman, and then we spoke about thy seed and her seed, right? Um, We discussed what was coming up, then we got to, um, we talked about, um, actually I don't think we did, did we talk about bruising the head? Yeah, we started started bruising the the head, well perfect, that is where we will start off then, all right. So we're still on Satan. Oh, that blue pen does not look very blue, does it? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so bruise thy head and uh, bruise his heel, all right? So here we got um, the two that's going on here, um, the verse States, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. All right. So basically, what they said here is that um, Satan will Satan will bruise the seed's heel, all right? But the seed will bruise Satan's head. Okay. So that's what they're breaking down here. So when you look this up, the bruising of the heel is a depiction or a picture of wounded. All right. So when they talk about that kind of stuff throughout um, the, the Old Testament times, uh, biblical days, and all kinds of stuff, bruising the heel was a depiction of someone being wounded, not mortally wounded, not killed. OK, but the head All right, that is a mortal wound. That is an end, a destroy, and over with, okay? So when you look at this, what he is saying is that the seed, that Satan, that you will bruise the seed, but the seed will destroy you, ultimately destroy you, okay? So uh, let's jump to John 12, 31. I got twelve thirty-one. I got Revelations twenty twenty. I should have wrote these up. Sure. No twenty ten. I'm sorry. I can't even read my own writing. <laughs> Damn, I'm <laughs> should have a lorgy. <laughs> I should. My blue pen is a is a black one. <laughs> well, then Hebrews two four. No, 14. Oh, man. Bad day, see? <laughs> Don't judge us on me, okay? John 12, 31. Who has that one for me? I do. All right. Now is the
1: judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be
0: cast out. All right, so that, there's the verse where it talks about that um, his days are going are final. Okay. His days are not infinite. There is a day that the prince of this world... Will no longer be. This is Christ answering. Um, he's telling them what is going on, and he says that to the judgment of this world there will become a time. Listen, the judgment was originally for Satan and his in his bad angels in the first place. Right? Okay? We only ended in that because of the mess that happened in the Garden of Eden. Okay, that was not intended for us. All right, none of that was part of that. God created us. He gave us perfection. Wanted to lavish us with all the fun stuff. And live a, a wonderful life with him all right so because of what they have done there's now gonna be this judgment period that we're all part of um, so the bruising of the head you got John 12 31 if we go also to revelations 2010 <clears throat> You have um, the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. All right. So here you continue to have this idea, this teaching that the devil, there is a destruction coming for him uh, in the long run. Um, And then lastly, in Hebrews For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that throughout death he might destroy him that had power over death, that is, the devil. So we talked about that constant battling back and forth. We have that flesh versus the spirit. Uh, This verse alludes to the idea that the devil is constantly seeking to destroy the seed, which we know to be Jesus Christ okay and so this is the idea we as believers need to understand and grasp the concept that there are two warring sides okay not everything is good you know when, when you look at excuse me when you look at your health when you go see your doctor okay your doctor will tell you not everything we eat is good for us, right? Yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> okay, that is, that's not something that, that we're shocked by. We know that there is a lot of really, really, really good food that looks great out there, you know? Even in the smokes, especially on vacation. <laughs> it's really only half as bad if you're not in your hometown. In case you didn't know that, like the calories are only half as bad. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's
1: because you hike too much. You and you know,
0: like those lay <laughs> on the bed. The rest. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's amazing. Listen, we accept certain things in, in life. We know, and none of us <laughs> will argue, that not everything that is pleasing or fun is always good for us. We We, we agree to that okay so then why is it when we look at this when we look at religion do we automatically then just assume everything is fine because that's completely contrary to everything else we live by you know we have the laws that state there's a certain particular way that we need to function as a society we have a way that we need to live but then we look at the Word of God and we say eh however you want to do live how you ever want to be that is because the devil consistently from the very beginning what was the lies he told Eve did God really say that did He really say that is it really all that bad maybe God's got an alternative motive he just doesn't want you to be like him absolutely and so whatever lies our Minds will tell ourselves to justify eating all the donuts that the church brings for us and gives to us out there on the table. (laughs) Okay. The the devil uses the same stuff. So this mentality that everything is good to me doesn't make any sense. Now we can discuss and argue who's right and who's wrong, but there has to be a right and a wrong. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's what these verses are lead, alluding to. And this is, the devil was being told way far back that there will be a day you will no longer be. And when you read scripture, all throughout scripture, you'll see over and over and over that that is continually taught. Okay. And then when Christ comes, of course, we all understand that the death on the cross is the one that the devil put him on the cross. That was the, the heel. That was the version of the heel. You know, they all, Christ is dead, Christ is gone, now he is no longer. But what happened? What happened on Resurrection Day? He came back. He came back. And that's what this verse says, the one that had power over to death. over death. Okay? So he broke that, he was resurrected, and then at the very end, he'll be the one that will cast them all out, and that will be the ultimate end, okay? Christ <coughs> proved he had the power. At the at the cross, and he will flex his muscles on the day of judgment. Okay, so here we're talking about the the heel here. This this is the cross. Okay, but this here is the judgment. Okay, and that's what we have to look for. That is the hope. That is. We have to hang on to you know just like uh, as a Michigan fan I hope we end up with a quarterback <laughs> and a win against Ohio State sometime soon. Okay, okay. You can, you can I hold on to that hope. <laughs> so I, still, I still grab the idea that we've had more wins over Ohio State so we still hold the record and we have more people that's ever went to the NFL than Ohio State does all right but so I hold on to a hope right <laughs> but, uh, you know But yet Do we hold on to this hope here Of the return of Jesus Christ Do we live Live towards that Okay There's so many distractions between Sundays You know
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely Absolutely I mean it's easy to be
0: distracted You know just think Well often,
1: That sounds awfully fun
0: mm-hmm. You know and Just kind of <clears throat> And I'm sure it is fun. And, and again, I mean, we, we get into this even... For a season. For a season. If it, if it refrains you from growing in the Lord, then it's not bad for you. Or then it, that's not bad for you. <laughs> it is, <laughs> then, it's, then it is bad for you. How's that? Real quick, Jim.
1: My well, thing is, like, you just brought up Michigan in Ohio State. I'm not a big sports guy. But the thing is, it's people have no problem bringing up something like that, even though if they know somebody's wearing an Ohio State shirt, they, they're going to get upset and mad, yeah. but when they, and there's no really end game in that as far as, you know, it's going to make any difference in eternity, <laughs> but when you try, people have a, well, I don't want to offend them by talking to them about the Lord Jesus Christ because
0: they might be upset, and they do that,
1: I don't get that.
0: It's well, a, and again, It makes a
1: difference yeah. in eternity.
0: That, that goes back to the, we live a particular way. But yet, when it comes to spirituality, we've been conditioned that everything is okay, so it's just an opinion, all right? And that's this, and that's the struggle. I have no problem telling people I'm a Michigan fan. Okay, now just because I disagree, it, you know, it, it, David here's a Buddhist. I don't hate him mm-hmm. because we disagree. We can have conversations. We can be, we can mm-hmm. be friends, you know. And, and that's the mentality we need to get out of this idea that because I disagree, I hate you. Is right. baloney. Exactly. That is not true. I don't hate you because I disagree. I mean, you're just wrong. I can't help it. Dude. You're just, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you disagree with me, you're wrong. But that's not You know what I mean? But this idea that he likes Snickers and I like Three Musketeers doesn't mean I hate I hate him. Go ahead. Um, I, I want to put this into it. <clears throat> Aaron and I went
1: to see Striker Friday night. And... And those that don't know, they're a heavy metal Christian band. Rocky. It was good. And, um, well, everybody there was drinking beer, mixed drinks, and everything. And I that it's a Christian band? Yeah. And, well, they were and at, at Bogart's. It, <laughs> really, it really hurt me really bad to see all that. I thought it was going to be a bunch of us rejoicing in Jesus. Yeah. And even Striper sang um, some Jewish priest, Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, what has happened here? You know, but then they threw out their Bibles, you know, and sang their beautiful songs. But it just showed me what garbage some some Christians, you know, they're holier in now. They think they can get
0: drunk and do whatever. Well, and, and that's, that is because we have gotten into this idea that everything is okay. We spoke about that. We've gotten away from the idea. Now, we can argue what is right and what is wrong. But there is clearly a way that we are supposed to live. In a way we were not it supposed to live. Me the whole night. Okay. My Holy Spirit was yelling. Correct. And, and the thing is, is it just that's that's what American Christianity mm-hmm. is today? Is everything is accepting, and it is because we have forgotten that there are two opposing sides. Mm-hmm. Satan has convinced <laughs> everybody that everything is fine, and so that you can do it. You know, the idea that you're not going to lose your salvation. You know, if you go and do, live like the world. And if you're truly a child of God, you're not. Okay? But there is a difference. and I over and over, there is a difference between a being a believer and being a Christian. Okay? And I will tell you this right now. If you're not a believer, I don't care what kind of lifestyle you live. Live however you want to live. Okay? Because the only thing that's important is that you learn about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this idea of beating up on these people who don't know Jesus Christ because they're homosexual or they're an alcoholic or they're a drug addict or they just live I don't expect them to live like Christ they're not a child of God Amen. and so there's no you know, listen, we have a way that God would like for us to live but that is for us we don't live no wonder why the world if I looked at a baseball player and he plays football are we going to call him a baseball player mm-hmm. absolutely not if you're not living the lifestyle, how are you going to expect to be called one?
1: Exactly.
0: If I'm not living the life Christ wants me to live, I'm not a Christian. A people. Okay? okay? And the world looks at us and sees this. You're not living that way. You're.
1: Yeah, I don't like expect
0: a... the world to live like the Word of God. Mm-hmm. I don't expect the world to pass godly laws. I don't expect the, the, the world to live to the letter of the Word of God because they're lost. And that's the first, I'm getting off on on a tangent here, but it is so frustrating that Christians hold lost people to the same standards that we don't even hold ourselves to. Right. If you look at, my you if, you, if we look at a lost person and say, you know, they're a junk, so? Mm-hmm. So what? What right. if every Christian looks at it that way? Why are we not Nobody looking at ourselves that junk. way? Exactly. Yeah. We're not supposed to be living that way. We're supposed to be in church. God created the church. We're supposed to be here. If you're not here, you're not doing what God says. You're supposed to live holy. He says, be ye holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. That's the way we're supposed to live. Okay? What if people would have thought we weren't worth witnessing to? What if
1: they would have been hatred for us?
0: Absolutely.
1: Somebody had to think we were worth witnessing to, or we wouldn't have accepted. That's what, what
0: Stratford was there. Absolutely. You know, and... and I have a little bit of a different issue with that one but we'll let that one go um, <laughs> you know I, I don't think witnessing I don't think going into a bar to witness to people is the right thing to do I don't
1: either if striper you
0: know if, if the striper and I'm not saying yeah. what striper did was uh, listen don't, I'm not saying what striper did was wrong I wasn't there I don't know what they were doing I, I have no idea my issue is with the Christians like you said that were there all drinking and partying and living yeah Okay, I don't need to be a drug addict to witness to drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have that testimony, then I can connect a little bit better. But that doesn't mean Trevor needs to go out and start hitting up heroin. I need to lose the weight. Crack might help me do that, but I don't need to do that. I can still, Paul and all those guys had a very strong ministry and didn't have to fall into all the sins and stuff that those individuals did. Okay, okay. Yeah. But if we as believers held ourselves to the same standards that we try to impose upon the lost people, we'd be a whole lot better people and the lost people would want to be more like us. And that's the issue that I have. Paul was Paul and his disciples were very clear. We aren't supposed to be like the Jewish people. When the Jewish people in, in, out of the Jewish church started saying, hey, you've got to be <clears> circumcised and, and you've got to live, you know, you can't eat meat and, and all this kind of stuff, Paul and them said very clearly, it's not, we're not... You know, these guys aren't Jewish. They don't have to do the Jewish traditions. You know, all these individuals want to say we're supposed to live by the Jewish laws. That is not true. Okay, we live by the laws of God that changed for us. We don't have the old Jewish traditions. Same way, we are not to live like the world. Now, what that is, that is what I've said a billion times. The guy that saves today is not going to look like a guy that was saved 50 years ago. You
1: have to live
0: Correct. There is, uh, my two-year-old, well, I guess he does kind of act like my my teenagers, but, you know, we are expected to grow. When you start school in first, second grade, you taught reading, writing, arithmetic, Mm -hmm. three R's. When you get into college, that's a shock for a lot of people. You're expected to already know all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's the same principle. It's the same idea here. I don't expect the lost to understand. They don't need to understand. They don't live by the same rules. So what if they drink? You know, they need to learn about Jesus Christ. They need to learn first, like she said, we were lost and we were bound and on our road to hell. I don't care who you are. There's a lot of lost people that are way better people than I. I still need Christ's forgiveness and grace and mercy to this very day. Mm-hmm. okay they just need to know christ once they learn christ then we bring them into church and we disciple them with hopefully a good sunday school class with a guy like me who forgets <laughs> to write how to write stuff up i'm sure
1: you've heard it's it Purple you've blue preached marker. and everything but some pastors say we catch him, he cleans
0: up. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely all right we've gotten way off on that i really want to talk about women Oh, <laughs> now, now that we're now that we're, I only, you, I only got a few minutes. We'll have to talk about women two Sundays in a row. I don't know. That's that's just how the Lord does it. All right. You don't need to take any notes. Yes, you don't need to take notes. Yeah. Paul's like, I'm not taking notes. Yes, yeah, no. <laughs> time for me to go greet people. Paul yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, says. All right. Back to Genesis. We're all over the place here. Yeah. That's chapter 1. That's not where I need to be. All right. Chapter um, 3, verse 16. Someone read that one for me. Unto, woman,
1: unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in the sorrow that thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. <laughs> Your verse. How you like that
0: one? That one, that one. I'm printing out. That's a verse we need to memorize. All right. <laughs> <laughs> twofold. The women's is twofold. It's sorrow and it's subjection. All right. The first one here, it talks about multiply thy sorrow and conception. Um, Of course, conception would be the motherhood. It's not, it's really not just the pain that came from the the, the birthing process, okay? He didn't add birthing to this. I think that was already an idea. I think that's how it was going to work, was how it works now with the pain and agony that comes from it. Uh, When you look up sorrow webster's definition of sorrow is a deep distress sadness or regret especially with the loss of someone or someone loved a cause of grief or sadness your um synonyms grief heartache agonize okay this is not just the pain in childbirth all right a mother's bond is probably the strongest bond a person can ever know and as deep of a bond that Fathers have with their children and whatnot. I personally don't believe it compares to the bond that a mother has or can have. Okay, listen, I'm not talking just about birth. I think, you know, a mother role be, creates a strong bond, and I think it's intentional. I do because when you lead through scripture, listen. Women are highly praised. I know the, I know everyone says, oh, we, we beat down on women. We only beat down on women because society has decided motherhood is a lesser thing to do. Okay? And it's not. It's probably one of the greatest privileges that can ever happen. However the motherhood looks like. Okay? I'm not talking about just actual birth. I'm just saying. However the motherhood looks like is probably one of the most greatest things that can be bestowed upon a person. Okay? So... You have the idea, and I think about this. When you when you talk about when you look at an individual, a mother, from the moment of understanding that they're pregnant, does worry set in? Yes. And it gets pretty drastic. Yeah. Okay? Us guys, cool, we're having a kid. <laughs> <laughs> right? Your mother gotta worry about the outcome. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope it doesn't turn out like the father, right? (laughs) That's the first word. Oh, my goodness. I hope it's not like the dad, right? (laughs) So you have this set in. You have this idea. The sorrow in conception in the the motherhood aspect of it, this incorporates forever. How many of you have grown adult children? You still worry about them? Oh, yes. Charlie just got on a motorcycle. Lori is losing her mind. (laughs) Is that his out there? Probably. So there's a motorcycle yeah. out there. Silver one? Yeah. Losing her mind. Freaking out. I'm like, damn, that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> now he can teach me how to ride right? a motorcycle, right? Once he gets his license, learns how to do it, all that fun stuff, okay? Yeah. 21-year-old daughter. My wife so concerned about her, you know? Mm-hmm. I, not that fathers don't, but it is nothing compared to... I'm constantly, Lori, they are an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let them be an adult. Um... The idea here is the sadness side of it. I I, I believe that God was always going to want the mother to love their child. But in the Garden of Eden, there was no harms. There was nothing in the Garden of Eden that was going to hurt the child. So there was no reason to ever worry about the children. Knowing now... Once this has happened, Eve now understands that there are things in this world that are out to hurt her children, okay? Us guys, brush it off, walk it off. If it ain't bleeding, it ain't going happen, okay? But with moms, it's a whole other story. And Eve realizes, and, and women from then on realize that Satan is out there. Eve knows more than anybody that there is someone out there trying to turn them away and hurt them. Okay, so that is part of that. That is added to that. Um, women are typically more caring, okay? And, and I don't mean this sexist, more emotional. Listen to that. Guys, we can turn that off most of the time. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying emotional. as a bad thing, okay? Most of the time, okay? A lot more worrisome. And, and it's a good thing, you know. There's a lot of stuff that Lori brings to my attention. I'm like, well, okay, I guess I, I really wouldn't, really wouldn't think about all that. Especially when Cha- Charlie hops on a motorcycle and she's yelling, "Helmet, helmet!" I'm thinking, oh, I just thought, hey, that's pretty cool, you know. Kind of said. And, and I don't, again, I don't mean any of that as, as disrespectful. We are two different types of people. A woman is a woman, and a man is a man. We were created differently. We have different avenues. We have different pluses. We have different minuses. No one is greater than the other, okay? Eve was taken from his rib, not his heel, okay? And that's that whole idea. Now, I got to looking at some of this stuff. Oh, man. And we'll, we'll end with some of this. Um. The other side of that worrisome and the sorrow and all that kind of stuff, I think is what leads to a lot of this postpartum depression stuff, okay? Not a lot of the guys fall through, fall from a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, About 15% or they say one in five um, suffer postpartum depression. They do say 50 to 80%, 85% suffer from what's called postpartum blues, okay? Which that's typically in the first um, first couple weeks, um, so you know you, you have like three to five percent of that is between you know a, a week to a month after birth. Okay, we we know what the what mothers go through. We know the heartaches. We know the sorrows. You know, and a lot of that comes from I believe comes from this particular thing right here the sorrow side of it there wasn't dangers in this world in the garden of eden we were not meant to have sorrow that's why it is so dangerous depression It's why no one says oh man i got sorrow Woo! because we weren't meant to have it we weren't created for that there was so much more for us that God intended. Okay? And so we'll we'll end with this. Half the women left, so I don't want to talk about subjection until they're all actually in here. <laughs> next week my wife will be in here, so I'll probably get in all kinds of trouble. Lay it on thick next week. <laughs> yeah. I don't I may be sick next week. I'll let someone else David you want to teach this for me next week. <laughs> yeah, get me in trouble. <laughs>